You are listening to the Hiking Radio Network, where we talk the walk with shows by hikers about hikers for everybody. Mighty Blue on the Appalachian Trail, the ultimate midlife crisis. Join Steve and his guests every week as he staggers from Georgia to Maine. Hi guys, it's me again, Steve Adams or Mighty Blue. This is Mighty Blue and the Appalachian Trail, the ultimate midlife crisis. And today is the 310th episode. Can you believe that? Every time I put up a new episode, the number always takes my breath away, as those numbers keep mounting, and I guess as numbers do. And today's guest is another of those remarkable young women who decide that a long spell in the woods is just what they need. Though, as you're going to hear, Kelly Hayes' hike last year turned out far differently than she'd imagined it ever would. We'll hear from Kelly in a moment. And we have another chat with Hugh Eckrath from our class of 2022. If you recall, Hugh has wanted to hike the AT for some time, and this year was going to be his year. Hugh and his lovely wife, Kerry, turned up at our Woods Hole weekend in 2020. And I think I'm right in saying that Kerry only considered doing the AT if she could spend as few nights as possible in the woods. Well, when you hear from Hugh a little later, you'll see how far he's taken those plans. I tell you what, I was exhausted just imagining what it took to organise his schedule. You're going to love it. It's not everybody's cup of tea for hiking the trail, but it's going to work for Hugh and Kerry, and that is literally all that matters. We'll hear from Hugh after Kelly. And we're going to catch up with another of our class of 2022, Sarah Landis, or Sunshine, and she's returned to America from South Korea, which was where we first met her. Unfortunately, the recording was unusable, so we'll be hearing from Sarah and her preparations next week. As a result, the programme is shorter than usual, but hopefully just as much fun. So let's get on and meet Kelly Hayes, or Nine Lives. So we've got another one of those intrepid young women on the show today. This is Kelly Hayes, or Nine Lives. Hey, Kelly, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm glad you're here because you've got some, quite some story, actually. And you and I had a conversation uh, yesterday, and you told me that you've been hiking all your life, but really only got into backpacking a few years ago. How did that happen? Yeah, so I've lived in Arkansas my whole life. I've loved to hike ever since I was little, ever since I can remember. And I never, but I never really had backpacked before. Um, But one weekend, me and some friends, we decided to go to a local state park that we loved. And we normally would just do two different trails. We would always hit those. But we found another trail in that park and it was 12 miles long and it was a loop. And We're like, oh, let's do something crazy this weekend. And we hiked these whole 12 miles in one day. Like that would be. Isn't it amazing what seems crazy a few years ago? (laughs) Yeah, 12 miles is like a a Nero um, now. (laughs) But uh, back then it was like, whoa, we're doing something. And so um, we decided to do that and it took us all day. (laughs) And um, but I had the best time ever. And we had ended up renting a campsite in the park and we car camped there. Uh, But my mind was just 
running. When I got back to camp, I was like, that was crazy. Like, what if we hiked 15 miles in a day? What if we did 20? And then I was like, well, what if we hiked that many miles and then camped in the woods and then woke up the next day and did it again? And then I got home and I was like, I realized I was like, oh, yeah, that's backpacking. And I'll, how have I never done backpacking? And so that pushed me into the rabbit hole and I started doing all sorts of research. And well, me, we'll come back to research in a minute. But so you got in the woods, you'd been hiking and you'd never done this backpacking thing. Mm -hmm. So what was it about it that seemed so different to you or so much better to you? I don't know. I think, you know, I loved hiking, but most of the trails I've done, you know, I'd always done it were, you know, one to five miles. And so you're out there sure. for, you know, one, maybe two hours and then you go home and it's over. And it's like, wow, that was so much fun. But when you're backpacking, it's more of a full day experience because you're out yeah. there and you're kind of living in the woods. And so I think that's what really drawed me into backpacking was I, I didn't want to go home after two hours. I wanted to stay out there and experience nature. And when you actually got it, and we're going to, I'm just jump, jumping ahead for a second here. When you got actually out on the trail and you did spend that period of time in the woods, was it as you, as you imagined it would be? Was it as exciting as you're making it sound when you were, when you were talking about it? Yes, 100%. I just felt I've when I'm on a backpacking trip or spending, you know, full day out in nature, I just feel this like special sense of calmness because you're just you're just in nature and it's there's no people. I mean, there's some people, but there's just not all the noise of like when you're in town or in normal life or whatever it's just a whole another experience it's what dixie calls the synthetic life isn't it yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah. so where were you in your life at the time with work relationships and so on because you're you're not in your early you're in your late 20s aren't you 28 or 29 i'm 29 yeah. yeah right so where were you in your in your life when you decided that the at was something you'd be interested in so i had just gone back to school uh, to get my second degree. My first degree was journalism and I worked in technology sales for a year and it just wasn't fulfilling for me. And so I decided to go back to school to become a registered dietitian. And I was at the very end of getting my second bachelor's degree in nutrition. And so the yes. next steps after that were, are having to become a dietitian is you have to get accepted into an internship. And the one I wanted was 15 months and it was an internship in a master's program, a coordinated program. Right. And so when I found out about the Appalachian Trail, it was, I, I was banking that I was going to get accepted to this internship because it's not like a guaranteed thing. Sure. Um, and my plan was, okay, I get accepted in this internship. I do it for 15 months. That brings me to September of 2020. And sure. then I would work for six months or so and then start the trail in April of 2022. So that was right. kind of my thought process there. And some of that worked out. I saw on, on your YouTube channel, you're a, tra a traveling dietitian, which mm -hmm. is, sounds like a fantastic job to do. <laughs> yes. I'm not entirely sure what it is, but what is, actually is a traveling dietitian? Then? Yeah. So um, basically, it's kind of like travel nursing. These days, as a travel, as a healthcare professional, you can pretty much travel doing anything. And sure. there's a bunch of different companies that you can go through. But basically, I work with a recruiter, and there's a bunch of jobs posted, and they're for different lengths of time. So I just finished a month long contract in Richmond. And so um, 
yeah, you just kind of figure out like where you want to work, how long you want to work. And then you work with your recruiter and they are basic. It's it's really great because they they're the ones that are like basically filling out the job application for you and doing all that like annoying stuff. And so um, they present you to the client. And if the client accepts, then you start work there. And I saw this morning you were also working in a COVID field hospital. I was, yeah. How does that relate then? Yeah, so that was right before the trail. Um, I worked temporarily right after school at a medical fitness facility because I was working as a assistant dietitian at a, a local hospital. And uh-huh. so they transitioned me as the lead dietitian. And I only worked there for like three months because this travel dietitian opportunity came up. And sure. it was a pop-up COVID field hospital. This is like at the beginning of when COVID was just like you know, booming. And it was in California. And so this was like the craziest thing I've ever done in my life. I packed up my bags. I drove to California by myself and I worked this three month contract out in California and it worked out perfectly because the contract ended towards the end of March. And then I started the trail April 10th. So I drove all the way back across the country and had a (laughs) week at home to get already and then went to Georgia. <laughs> and, and, and you were living in Airbnbs. You, you said you, you've got nothing to sell. You know, you weren't, didn't have a place to go. So you're at that point in your life where, and I think this happens to a lot of people or some people, there's a window in your life where it's a possibility, isn't it? And if you don't right. go through and take that opportunity, you don't do it. It rarely opens again. So you were ready to do this. And you said, you mentioned earlier, you, you said you went down a YouTube rabbit hole, which of course is something we all do at some time. Was that when you started your own channel or were you waiting to, to had you already started a channel then? So I had started a, a YouTube channel. Um, this was like, it was shortly, it was when I first had gotten into backpacking. All right, and okay. so I was on, I think my third, second or third backpacking trip ever with a couple friends. And mm-hmm. I'd always take a bunch of video when I was backpacking and pictures because I'd want to show my friends and family. Sure, sure. And it was during that backpacking hike, we had already gone like three or four miles. And I was like, you know what? And I was talking to my friends the whole time. I was like, you know, I think I'm going to turn this hike into a YouTube video. And they're like, yeah, that's a great idea. And so I filmed and a few months went by and one night I couldn't fall asleep. And I was like, oh, yeah, I have all this footage. Let me just like edit all of this. And I did it on my phone on iMovie. And I think I stayed up to like 5 a.m., created my YouTube account that night and just posted the video and shared the link with people. And that's how my YouTube channel like was born. Your T, I don't know what camera you Is it a GoPro you're using? I have a GoPro and an iPhone that I film Because the with. picture is so clear. I saw you uh, talking, asking asking questions. You're sitting on a rock somewhere with a beautiful background. I mean, it's a pretty dark, dark good gig, isn't it, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Questions. So you were in this rabbit hole. You worked out all your gear and so on. What does your family think about you going on the trip? I don't think anybody – well, they – I've always been the person to, like, do crazy things. So I think when I told <laughs> them that I was going to do this, they weren't necessarily surprised. But I don't know if they actually – believed that I was actually going to pull it off because there were so many things that needed to happen perfectly for me to be able to leave when I told them I was going to and it all happened. Um, But I will say that I think my mom has definitely lost years of her life stressing about me. I would imagine she has. And we will will come to read the reason for that in a minute. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> so you got to Georgia. By the way, were you going with somebody or not? Uh, so I was initially going solo, but the very last minute, I mean, it was like days before I left, this girl messaged me on Facebook and right. she had seen my gear video on YouTube and I had mentioned I was from Arkansas and she right. had some ties to Arkansas and just kind of reached out on a limb and we ended up having mutual friends right. and nice. we were starting like around the same day. And so we met up at Amicalola and actually started the trail together. Wow. How about that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how are, you how are you feeling? Were you nervous? Were you excited? Um, were you feeling good physically? Yeah. So uh, all of the above. Um, nervous, excited, mostly excited. And I've always been a very um, physically active person. I played college basketball and, mm -hmm. you know, working out is a huge part of my life. So I did, I was in some of the best shape of my life because I had started doing CrossFit for like six months before, which even though it's a completely different kind of exercise than hiking, it made me really, really strong and like built up my endurance. So I think that really sure. helped me. Sure. Well, mm -hmm. you'd think so, wouldn't you? Mm -hmm. But it didn't kind of work out that way. And you talked about your mother taking years of your mother's life, and I feel sorry for her, by the way, because of that. <laughs> <laughs> My poor mom. So you, you start out healthy, you start out excited, and the first two or three days, I watched a couple of those days, and you were looking good, you are looking healthy. But then you woke up on day six. What happened to you? And where yeah. were you? Yeah, so I woke up day six, and... Uh, basically in the worst pain of my life. Um, it, it started out like kind of a dull-ish pain. I thought maybe I just needed to go use the privy. Sure. And when I went, I went to the privy a couple times and the pain just kept getting worse. By the way, I've got to point out here, you're a real trooper because you actually filmed all this while you were feeling this some of this pain. Well. Right, yeah. There was, <laughs> you know, because I built this routine of like waking up and like talking sure. to the camera and I... Yeah. I remember I was just like wincing. I was like, oh, you know, like not feeling good this morning, like already. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah so I kind of sat there in pain for a while. And um, some of my trail people that I had started hiking with, they were waiting on me. And so finally I had to like tell somebody like, hey, I'm not really feeling good. You may want to go on without me. But two people stayed behind and were waiting on me, which I'm so grateful for now. I'm sure, um, yeah. Yeah. And um we, we started to think that maybe it was either trapped gas in my stomach or I was dehydrated. And so we started to try to get some fluids down me. They mixed up some of those Powerade packets and I was chugging yeah. that. And yeah, then yeah. shortly after that, I started throwing up and I threw up all of that liquid. We had a Walmart bag and I filled the entire Walmart bag of just everything. Wonderful visual. Wonderful yeah. visual. Uh, yeah, you know, like just being should've, blunt. You should you should have had a picture of that one then. I I know. It was it was impressive. I was like, I can't believe that all came. That was all inside me. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's so at, at that point, that's when I knew that something was not right at all. Because I mean you don't just throw up that much. And what were you thinking then? And the reason I say this is that you know, it didn't happen to me. Actually, I got hung up. I, I, I did the half-gallon challenge and I was sick. So that wasn't the same thing at all. I was just being, being an idiot. You <laughs> you didn't know you weren't actually sick, although you felt you probably were. And yet you're several miles away from anywhere. Were you scared at that point? Um, Honestly, thinking back, like I was in so, so much pain at that point. Like I was scared, but I was just trying to like make it through I guess like 
Right. My brain was not functioning. And I'm, like I said, so glad the two girls stayed behind with me because without them, I don't know what I would have done because I think I probably would have just laid there because I didn't, I couldn't process anything at that point. But isn't that one of the things you learn in the trial? There's absolutely no point in just lying there, is there? Because no. no one's going to help you unless exactly. you do it yourself. Yeah. So you had to get up and get out, didn't you? So what did you yeah. do? <laughs> yeah, so um, the two girls that stayed behind with me were Mighty Mouse, and that was the girl I'd started the trail with, and then another sure. girl named Stephanie. And right. Stephanie is um, former Navy, and her military came out, and she was like, all right, we're getting you out of here. You're going to get out of here. She looked in my face and was like, you're leaving. And I was like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and um, uh, she actually carried her pack out and my pack out. And it was around wow. 1030. I was just laying there in the fetal position, like shaking. Oh my and gosh. they was just. Was it getting worse this, at this stage, Kelly? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like every passing second, it was, the pain was like worsening. Right. And so. I finally, you know, got out of my tent and kind of did like a, like I couldn't stand up. I was bent all the way over like 90 degrees. Right. And I kind of did like a few like trial loops around the campground. And I was like, okay, if I'm going to try to do this, like, let's go. And so sure. the, the girls were still packing up their stuff. And I was like, I got to go like, or I'm not going to get out of here. And so I took off before them and I was ahead of them pretty much the entire time back out. Um, but yeah, we had to hike four and a half miles back southbound to Hogpen Gap. Isn't that the worst bit? <laughs> Going backwards. Mars had already done before. You just couldn't have been thinking about it then. So you got to Hogpen and what'd you do then? How'd you get out? So we had actually, it was day six. So we hadn't gone into town to resupply or anything. And so right. that day the plan was to hike nine northbound to Unicoi Gap and get picked up by sure, Miss sure. Bonnie from your home in the woods, B&B. We were going to stay there and resupply. Well, I guess one of the girls called her and like let her know what was going on. And so she picked up half of our family at Unicoi Gap because they had left earlier in the day. And sure. then she drove to Hogpen Gap and was there. She pulled up literally – Right as we, I was like coming down that hill. That's trail magic. That I is know. trail magic, isn't it? It just happens, doesn't it? On the trail, it happens so many times. It's remarkable. But she turned up on time. So you got, you got there. You got into her car. What happened then? Um, at that point, I was like, I have to go to somewhere and get seen. Um, but I was worried about insurance, <laughs> and so I was like, take me to prime care because. You know, if you go to the ER, you know you're going to be hit with a big bill. So sure. they took me actually to prime care first. And I walked in. There was nobody at the counter. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And basically, the doctor finally came out and was like, well, we can't do anything to you. You need to go to the ER. Oh, and God. they wanted to call the ambulance. And I was like, no, I'm not going to be in medical debt for the rest of my life. I will walk there. Um, so luckily, one of the nurses at prime care was nice enough to drive us to the hospital Cool. And I got there and was sat in the waiting room for an hour on the floor, literally just like rolling around in pain. And they finally got was me it, back. Was it getting worse now? Or was it had it settled into a kind of thing? It was just getting worse, was it? It was it was getting worse. Um Okay. It Did was they give still you anything? getting worse. Did they give you anything? Nothing. 
I think, I mean, the lady, I was like, oh, I, you know, I think I'm dehydrated. And it was like, well, you're the all the beds are full and you're going to have to wait. And right. the one thing that got me is like I'm sitting in the waiting room. I'm like feeling like I'm about to die. Here comes in this pregnant lady. She's about to pop. And they <laughs> and she didn't wait at all. They just took her straight back. And I was like, hello, I'm dying yeah. here. Kids don't wait for you, I'm afraid. I, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> So, um, but anyway, they finally got me back and it, again, like they wouldn't let me drink. They wouldn't let me eat because they had to do the tests. Sure. sure. And I think they, they gave me morphine first. And this is how I knew I was in like serious pain is they gave me morphine and it did nothing. Wow. I think it took the pain away for like five or 10 minutes. And then after that, like I could feel it coming back and I was like, no, but they were still like having to run all these tests. They wanted to do a CT scan. They ended up having to do an ultrasound. And so five or six hours later, after I got into the hospital, the doctor comes in in a frenzy and is like, you're about to have emergency surgery. You have an eggplant sized cyst that's about to rupture and we need to get you up immediately. And within the next 30 minutes, the doctor came in, quickly explained the surgery. I was on the phone with my mom and grandma. And I was like, you know, next thing I knew, I'm on the operating table upstairs. So it was and very quick being, turnaround. Without being too graphic about it, I I saw some of your one of your videos, I think when you were telling the story of this, showing some of your, your pictures. It wasn't small, was it? It was, so it was egg, eggplant size. Eggplant you size. You hadn't felt size. it at all before that? No. And that's the craziest part is I had no idea prior to to it. And the doctor literally said it was like the biggest cyst that he had ever seen. And I was like a medical marvel. The the nurses (laughs) and everybody were just like, she hiked four and a half miles with this. And like (laughs) they were all. And yet one ovary later. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah. you were you lost a, lost an ovary mm-hmm. and and you said there's there's no long term complications with that as far as you you understand mm-hmm. but three weeks after you this happened to you you were back on trial was there any doubt about going back e- yes and no I mean I had lost an entire organ so it was like okay this is gonna set me back and yeah. I didn't know if I was going to be able to keep up because I skipped up 200 miles to stick on pace with my trampling and go back with them. And I was worried that I wasn't going to keep up with them. I was more worried that I was going to slow them down and that stressed me out more than anything. And now those were pretty much my two main concerns. And when you got back on the trail, you, I presume that's when you got your name nine lives, isn't it? Yeah, so I went a long time without a trail name, and because everybody just knew me as Kelly Hayes from YouTube, that that was <laughs> for the oh, longest right. time. Yeah, but right. it was we. I got to Bear Garden in Virginia, and a girl I was hiking with named Lost and Found. She she was hiking all day that day, and she's like, "I thought of a trail name for you," and I was like, "What is it?" And she said, Nine Lives," and I was like. You know what? That's perfect. <laughs> that is so perfect. So you became nine lives. How cool I became is that? nine lives. Yes, sir. And it wasn't a good good start, was it? Well, it was a beautiful start because you actually got back on trail at Max Patch, and and I was watching the video this morning. You walking up the stairs to those steps to Max Patch. It took me right back there. You now both my hikes, I remember those steps up there, and you see this amazing view. I didn't. I saw it what amazing view first time, but not second time because it was so- socked in with fog. 
What was it like to be up there? Because that makes you really feel you're back into the hype, doesn't it, being on Max Patch? Yeah, it was an awesome place to hop back on trail. It was like a magical experience getting back on trail. Like the day was awesome. I did like a short little eight mile hike and met up with my family at the mm. the shelter or whatever. But yeah, that and you night, had a tough time though, didn't you? Yeah, you had a tough time, didn't you? I did. It was the worst night collectively on my entire through hike. Uh, we camped on top of this hill. It was really cold. The wind was just going straight through my tent. Um, I had kind of a cheaper sleeping bag back then, and it didn't keep me warm at all. And I was having like anxiety attacks, and I just wasn't completely prepared for like how tough it was going to be mentally coming back onto the trail. Because they were 200 miles ahead of you in terms of their their experience on the trail and, and the rhythm. Were you able to keep up with them most of the way? Or did you just kind of, were you struggling with that? I was. I told them, I was like, I do not want you guys to slow down for me on my accord. Um, if you guys want to push more and I decide that I can't go, then I will camp and catch up with you guys at another point. Sure. Um, but I knew that, you know, I had to kind of, I had to push myself because if I was going to make it to Katahdin, I couldn't be hiking eight or 10 miles every day. Like I needed no, to No, because be- you started April, didn't you? So mm-hmm. you, you start, the time was starting to go on as well. So how were you able to make that mindset switch then? Because you had that terrible first night. Did you consider quitting then or what happened after that to change your mind? Yeah. So the next day after that terrible night, we hiked into Hot Springs. I stayed at Laughing Heart Hostel and I started experiencing really bad vertigo. Um, and th- my whole world was spinning and I was like, oh, this is this is terrible. Um, sure, yeah. And the people who had dropped me off at the trailhead at Max Patch, they were coming back towards on the way back home, they were going back towards where I was. And yeah. I had an option at one point. They called me because I'd been, you know, updating them on everything. And they said, you know, we can come swing by and pick you up and take you back home. And so I remember the exact moment I was sitting on that bed and I had to decide, am I going to stick this out on trail or am I going to go home and be miserable there? And basically it boiled down to, you know, if I go home, I go to the doctor and say, hey, I feel dizzy. Like the doctor's going to be like, okay, well, there's nothing really I can do about it. And then I'm going to sit in bed and be depressed and wish I was back out there. Or I can choose to take it day by day, push myself on trail and just, you know, deal with what I'm dealing with out here. And like I said, just take it day by day and do the best I can do. And you were with obviously friends by then. So did they did they help you? And and funny enough, I was thinking this morning also, did having a channel help you, a YouTube channel help you as well? Because you must have. I know you got a lot of people who subscribe to your channel. Did they encourage you on the on the on the channel? They did. I had. I gotta say, my subscribers and like people who have supported me this whole trip, like. I think they really did play a part in helping me with this because I had so many people praying for me and I would, you know, read through my messages on Instagram and YouTube and just having that encouragement and um, just knowing that people were out there like praying for me and like caring about like my journey. It just really helped me like um, emotionally to press forward and like it wasn't just about me anymore. It was like about like I want to do this and show people like like it, you don't 
like to not give up, you know, and to follow your dreams and stuff like I, that. I do understand that. You know, um, I, I podcasted when I went in 20, 2019, so I podcasted on the trail. At the end of every day, I wasn't looking forward to podcasting some days, but, you know, you do it because you've got people who support you, and that support kind of lifts you and keeps you going, doesn't it? It sure does. And, and I actually want to move on to, to towards the end, actually, and it was something you said in one of your videos. You're a couple of days away from Baxter. Of course, you see that first amazing view of Qatar and or the one first time you'd seen it across the Pemdumcot Lake. Um, and even though you knew it wasn't the end for you, you were just approaching Katahdin uh, because you said this is one of, because you didn't actually speak much in the video, but you overdubbed it. You said one of our last walks in the main woods together. What did that feel like? Because you were trying, you, you were, you felt, emo it sounded very emotional, even though you were speaking after the event, because you had this beautiful footage. So what were you feeling like in those last few days? Man, that, <laughs> it's an unexplainable feeling. There were a lot of emotions that hit throughout the day, and like I could cry now just even thinking about it. I can see, I can see um, you could, yeah. yeah. Just a lot of emotion, um, because it, it was it was a crazy journey to get there. And here I am like at the base of Katahdin and all this has happened. And it was the hundred mile wilderness was a fairy tale. It was the most beautiful weather ever. And I was just so grateful and thankful that everything happened the way that it did. And like looking back, I wouldn't have changed anything at all because it was, it all just ended up so perfectly. And I don't know. It was, well, I get chills I, thinking about I it. I would tell because you, you you called it. What you called it? It was called the pure bliss in the hundred mile wilderness, uh, and it it felt like it looking at it as well. So if people go and look at your channel, they should look for pure bliss in the hundred mile wilderness. It was amazing, it really was. And um, and your Katahdin video, which was obviously just a couple of days later, that was the end of the hike for some of your friends, wasn't it? Though it wasn't yeah. for you, mm -hmm. but it was still very emotional for you, wasn't it? Um, was it more of that feeling that you'd experienced in the hundred mile wilderness, but now the knowledge that it was that journey with your friends was over with? Yeah. So it's like, it's like I almost had, there was two, two, almost three parts to my through hike. And I knew that was like my biggest chapter. I I'd met sure. all these friends. I'd hiked thousands of, you know, a thousand miles, more than a thousand miles with all of them. And I knew that after that day, like everything was going to change. I still had 200 miles left, but mm. I wouldn't be with these people anymore. It would be a new chapter and completely different. And it was sad. It was happy. It was, it was, I don't know. It was triumphant. And I was happy for them because they were actually done. Yeah, and yeah. even though like I wasn't done, I felt like I had accomplished a lot at that point. And I was, happy and proud to to be there so what was your plan then you knew you were gonna you went up Qatar and you touched the sign and it is a magical moment for everybody I know but you still had those miles to do when and where did you start back or did you just go straight back down and carry on and finish or or did you go home for a while so I didn't really have a plan as nor as usual um but I, I got <laughs> home I knew I had to get home and I there's a few things I needed to get taken care of and so I was home for two weeks and Pretty quickly after I got home, I started, okay, I got to figure out how to get back on trail. I didn't waste much time. So I got everything set and got back on trail. Can't remember exactly the day. I think it was November 1st. It was November nice. 1st. And um, 
started back at Max Patch and uh, going did, south. Going south. south. Well, yeah. we did it kind of differently. Um, I, I did it with Sunshine. She uh, through hiked the AT in 2018. Yeah, she we, was on the show. She was yeah, on the show. Didn't she? Yeah. yeah. So you guys yeah. probably remember her on the show. We met on Instagram and um, she was so excited. She, she, wanted to get back on trail. So it was perfect because she was like, I need this. And I was like, I yes. need this. And yeah. um, we did it a little differently that last 200 miles. I had my my van and she had her car and we flipped flopped cars. So we were hiking north, but our cars were moving south. Nice. Nice. Good idea. Really mm-hmm. good idea. So where, was, so where was your personal summit day? Was it back at the shelter that you'd left or was it the, uh, back at uh, Hogpen Gap? It was at the shelter. So low gap shelter was my Katahdin. That's where, (laughs) (laughs) that's where I woke up. I mean, yeah, it's like, I don't think, I think I'm the only hiker ever through hiker ever to finish their hike at low gap shelter. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's always going to be special for you for that very reason. Yeah. Yeah, It was, it was kind of funny too, because we're like celebrating and I have a crown on my head and there's like three section hikers. They're there and they're like. You never sent me that picture. You should send me that picture. Oh, I should. I need to. I have one of Sunshine actually crowning me at Low Gap Shelter. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. But these three section hikers were so confused. They're like, what is going on? I was like, I told them the whole story and they're just like, what? You know, like, it was funny. So now now you're back home and you finish. When did you finish? I've got it written down somewhere. I can't remember. When did you finish? November 15th, I want to say. So really, you haven't been home a huge amount of time. How are you feeling? Do you feel down? Do you feel up? What are you feeling? So I got home and, you know, I wanted to stay. I hadn't been home for like over a year. So mm-hmm. I stayed at my parents' house and spent time with my family through Thanksgiving and Christmas. And um, that time was really, really hard because I, it was over. It was, it, I mean, at that point it was over. I'd done everything. You know, there was sure. no go back and do 200 miles type thing. Sure. And I missed, you know, I met, um, Met my current boyfriend on the trail, and his his name's James and uh, Toasty. If you guys watched my vlogs, um, but I was really missing him because we'd spent every day together since we met sure, halfway sure. through the trail. So that was tough, and we were we still weren't like officially dating at that point. So it was kind of uh-huh. like trying to figure that out too. And I didn't know what I was gonna do the next coming months. Was I going to work? Was I going to just edit you you know do YouTube? So there's all these questions and it just, ah, it was a tough time, I will say. Everybody um, has it. Every, everybody has it, Kelly. They it do. It just happens to everybody. Once they get home, they, they feel a little bit out of, out of sorts. They're not quite sure where they fit in anymore. And it is, I think your life takes a shift that you don't expect it to, and it just does. It does. And I, I've said it, I'm like, the trail ruined me because now, like, I don't know if I can ever be, like, 100% happy, like, just living the mundane like regular life because i I know i'm laughing because i know how you feel sometimes (laughs) it's kind of kind of weird so what is next what what what, did you work anything out do you know where you are now what you're going for now what are you aiming for yeah so i ended up picking up that dietitian contract i was out in richmond which was an hour away from james so you know that was really nice and um now i'm back in arkansas and my plan now is um just to continue saving up for the PCT, which is going to be my next through hike. I guess I haven't mentioned that yet. Um, So yeah, that's the next plan. Um, And I'll be starting that one in April with James. 
and Sunshine. Nice. Yeah, nice. Sunshine is going to be on trail too, and Tripod, who is also part of my Trimley on the Appalachian Trail as well. Oh, you'll have a blast. It's funny, actually. I, I would think coming to the trail as a group who met each other on another trail must be such a whole different dynamic than just going by yourself. So I think it's a nice combination of things. Well, look, I, I think you've got a, a fascinating, strange story. You know, the I'm glad the ovaries are sorted out yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and you're, you're okay. Did you, by the way, did you feel any physic, physical problems with them once you got back or was it all okay? I would say it was hard because where my incisions were were right where my backpack um laid oh gosh so that yeah. was tough it was they were still really sore and like if i contracted my abdominal muscles like coughed or sneezed like it was just this sharp shooting pain oh gosh and yeah. that lingered for two or three weeks until everything was like completely healed but i just tried to be really smart about i i did slack pack a lot when i Good. could just to yeah, get my right. endurance up and that really helped me so well these people who say you shouldn't slap pack have obviously never slapped pack it's one of the greatest things in the world isn't it Oh <laughs> Do my it every gosh. single time. Yeah, every it. single time. Well, look, thanks for coming on the show. I wish you well on the PCT. And come back on the show and tell us about your PCT hike. I would with love sunshine. to. Come back on with Sunshine. That'd be really cool. Oh, that'd be a hoot. You know we'd <laughs> exactly. have fun with that one. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, good talking to you. Okay. And we'll speak again soon, all right? Awesome. Thank you so much, Steve. Cheers then. Bye. Bye. My God, can you imagine? I'm sure that a lot of people would have put it off for a year or maybe put it off altogether. But Kelly reasoned, rightly in my view, that she'd regret coming off the trail and she decided to go ahead, even after that difficult first night back. I know you've heard me say it before, but these young women, eh? Fierce just doesn't do them justice. And check out her YouTube, especially that one called Pure Bliss in the 100 Mile Wilderness. I knew exactly how she felt. Thanks, as always, to those of you who've donated to our shows this week. Monthly donors Suzanne Johnson and Todd Withrow were there again for us, while Cheryl Moore made a generous donation and wrote, I very much enjoy the podcast. I grew up in East Tennessee and have wonderful memories of hiking and backpacking with my father. Thanks, Cheryl, not only for the donation, but for allowing us to remind you of that connection with your father. As always, you can donate by clicking on any one of the numerous donate buttons on the hikingradionetwork.com website, where you'll find all the show notes, pictures and links to all seven of our hiking shows. Now, a few days ago, I got an email update from my friend Hugh Eckreth and the preparations he's making to help, to help you and his wife Kerry ease into the trail. I had to have him on the show to go through it all with you. It is awesome. Here's you. So we're back on um, with one half of the Hugh and Kerry Ickrath duo. This is Hugh. Hey, Hugh, how are you? I'm doing just fine. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing great. And you sent me an email the other day, which was spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> As people know, you're doing this, you're doing this platinum blaze. Uh, and it is, you said that you've got in place accommodations for the first 31 days. Yeah. And you're going to cover, is it 234 miles? Yep. You can take five zeros. How many times are you staying in a tent? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Excellent effort. <laughs> so Zero. in 31 yeah. days, yeah. you will not, are you going to carry a tent, by the way? That's, that's funny that you asked that. So I had an epiphany this past weekend. I was telling Carrie, I said, you know what? Carrie, it crossed my mind. I just, I just 
finalized all of the accommodations uh, and, the, and the shuttles. And I thought, well, I, I don't see a need to carry this stuff. Uh, I, I mean, I, I see it in our future, um, but it's, it's still cold. It's still new. We're still probably alone most of the time. Yeah. That, that's just not conducive to us, you know, being comfortable out there. So. That was hilarious. <laughs> and just to give people an idea, you're staying at the Open Arms Hostel in Luray for four nights. So they're going to slack pack you, are they? Uh, no, actually, uh, this is kind of exciting. This is really what we had hoped would happen uh, along this journey is that people will join us and be part of it one way or another. So my sister-in-law, the one who cried <laughs> right out of the gate, uh, she um, she's going to join us for the first week. Oh, that's and nice. And so she's going to get up. We'll have breakfast together. She'll drop us off. Um, and um, I've, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give her the, the waypoints, uh, you know, through, through gut sure. hook and, um, I'll also have a map for her. So, uh, she's a little nervous about that part, but, uh, you know, you can't go too far wrong on skyline drive. So we keep telling her that. Yeah. You think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so once, so once the family got over the shock and awe, are they now kind of enthusiastic about it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think so. Yeah. Which uh, is good. Yeah, you absolutely. Got, because you've got the open arms hostel, as I say, then you're in Lydia's cabins for three nights. Where's Lydia's cabins? Um, I guess that the area is actually called Lydia. Oh, okay. um, oh right. Okay. Nice. And it's, um, it's about, I guess, about 35 to 40 miles down Skyline Drive. From oh, right. Rurac, nice. nice. Or from Thornton Gap. And then you're at... Well, you're not as well. You are at Stanimals, but you're in the tight. They got a tiny house. They didn't have one of that in 2019, I don't think, did they? No, I think it's new. That was the is indication it? I got. <laughs> How big is it? How tiny is it? Could, uh, your tent could be bigger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I understand you have to go outside to change your mind. So I mean, that tells you. <laughs> it's going to be co it's going to be cozy. You're going to have to yeah. get on well with each other. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and then oh. you're going to the Great Devil's Backbone. You're yep. going to love it there. You're just yeah. going to absolutely love it there. And well, you've got and, an, air, exciting you've an airstream there. Yeah, the airstream trailer. That's right. So where's where, where that located? Uh, I don't. It's on the grounds there somewhere. Um, just a five minute walk to the to the um, the brewery. And the burger and the brewery and the hikers' breakfast, all those yeah, great yeah, things yeah. you're going to be experiencing, which I loved yeah, it there yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, I've heard you and others, you know, rave about it. So, And then you go to Stanimals in Glasgow for 10 days. Yeah, so they'll be uh, – well, I, I'll go back back to Stanimals in Waynesboro uh, inside uh, right. for, I think, three days. Right. And then they'll, they'll, they'll um, hand Slightly. me off to Glasgow. Right, and I talked right. to Charlie there, and he's got the shuttles and everything arranged uh, for a long stay. So you're you're basically moving in. Yeah. <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> it's a great atmosphere at Stanimals. I think you're really going to enjoy both those places. I really enjoyed them. But, but you know, staying in the same place for ten nights, there, there are limited food options. I seem to remember, or you, you'll probably be able to just hit the whole the whole menu. I can't remember the name of the places in the town, but it's kind of limited. But you know, you you can just you're, you're hiking, so you'll yeah, you'll still yeah, be you'll yeah. still be with hikers and that, so yeah. you'll, you'll be fine. And yeah. then you've got the Black Lantern Inn, which yeah, is where's that? Um, that is um, east of the trail, east of southeast of Daleville, um, and they're they're just a like a, a fifteen minute drive 
from the Blue Ridge Parkway. Right, right. And uh, they they said that they'd be willing to give me a couple of shuttles back and forth for two days there. And it's That's an cool. organic farm. It's like, like goats and chickens and stuff. Nice. And you can, you know, walk around amongst them. And it's a nice, like, 10-acre parcel. And then in case you feel like you're roughing it too much, you've got right, five right. nights at the Holiday Inn Express in Troutville. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So that's your 31 days. So tell me, so, uh, Kerry's not on the on, on the line today. So how is she, how, what is she, how is she looking at this? Uh, well, I think the way she, she's described it to uh, a number of family and friends uh, as different places to stay. And instead of driving to them like we normally do, we're just walking. We're just walking from one, you know, destination to another. Uh, you know, it, it's all about the destination for her. Absolutely. Absolutely. She, she, she did make that clear before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the walking's still going to be lovely. You know, I, you know, Shandai isn't challenging at all. So it'd be a really good start to get your legs going and so mm -hmm. on. So I think, you, I think you'll enjoy that, that part of it as well. Mm -hmm. And of course, you've got the chance of seeing bears early on as well in Shandai, which yeah. is a good thing, by the way. It's not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, that's not. Uh, she would not agree with that statement. <laughs> that's that's number one on her, I think, uh, list uh, of things that are really kind of weighing on her. So I know you've been looking forward to this for some time now, um, and you're and you're going out. I've I've got the date somewhere written somewhere. Where what, what date are you going out? March thirteenth. So it's a month yeah. from this past Sunday. Yeah. So it's it's actually yeah. It's um, the day I've actually I've been organising a family lunch in the UK. Funnily enough, on March the thirteenth, nice. I'll think about you when you're on the way out that day. Yeah. So, uh, so you're heading out there. So it's getting closer now, and I know nice. it's getting closer because my trip to the UK is getting closer. Yeah. Yep. How are you feeling? You feeling excited? You feeling now that the first month is sorted out? Uh, yeah, I've I've got a bit of relief now that I have the accommodation squared away, so I know that you know Carrie will be comfortable, yeah. uh, and. Um, uh, but now, you know, definitely nervous, um, you know. And so what, what happens after that, though? You know, you had your, you've got your, you come up to your fifth, you just get up for breakfast after five nights of the Holiday Express. Yep. What happens then? <laughs> yeah, so if you remember, Bruce said, this is the day when you reevaluate if you want to do this for five more months. <laughs> right, you know what, that's not a bad, that's not a bad thing. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and I think that's that's what we'll do. You know, we'll, we'll see where we stand. Uh, you know, I've certainly looked at the, gut hooks of heading south from there and you know i certainly would love to get back to neville's place and, and i had such a two yeah. really great nights there yeah. uh, so we really want to get back there so maybe maybe that'll be our next goal um you know and you've got mcafee knob as well haven't you you got from darville to uh four pines we pretty well pretty well yeah maybe yeah so that's an interesting pines. one because uh we'll, we're going to do that from i think two different directions we're going to come up in the middle nice hike back to daleville one day and get right. up the middle and hike south another day so so you actually have got plans beyond there you just haven't got accommodation quite sorted out yet yeah yeah right oh dear me yep. i'll tell you what, man i'm exhausted just listening to you it, yeah it's really <laughs> it's cool, walking I, walking's gonna be walking about it's gonna be easy for you compared yeah, to all this, this organization yeah. well, it, it, i have told so many people it is remarkable what uh, gut hooks you know slash um far out uh, what what they uh, enable you to do, you know, yes. as far as planning wise. Oh yes. I mean, yes. right. I, honest to God, I mean, I don't want to sound like a crazy person, but you know, right <laughs> down to where the privies are, for, you know, for Gary. I, I mean, I, I have it all my, down to the tenth of a mile. I gotta I gotta try and plan as much of this stuff out so we don't have as have as few surprises as possible, at least for this first month while we're getting our sea legs. 
Well, you're certainly a details guy, aren't you? So, you know, you've got details there. You know, I I think you will, you know, something will happen and it won't work out quite how you imagine. So you might want to hold on to that tent. You never know. Uh, And, you know, all all I I say is I'm glad you you have that because it it feels like that – it must feel like a weight off your mind. You don't have to worry about it for a, for a month. Yeah. You can enjoy the, the hike itself and enjoy the walk and enjoy the company of the people around you as well. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, you certainly remember uh, Kate Phoenix. Um, yeah. She's offered to uh, give me some help, um, you know, in the Waynesboro area, and I'll probably – she doesn't even know this because I haven't caught back up with her, but uh, i try and take her up on some help with uh, Slack Pack. Uh, on cool. one of those days, uh, so uh, yeah, it's uh, really. Uh, I'm totally looking man. forward to it. Yeah, I tell you, all the wives and girlfriends are thinking, "Man, that guy must really love his wife and <laughs> wanted to go with him." Oh my god! <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I certainly have my faults, but I'm, I'm I'm trying my best to you know look oh. after her needs. I tell you what, that is so cool. All right, man. Well, look, great to talk to you. Um, glad to see you got the first month out of the way. Hopefully, but we, we will, in fact, touch base before I go away, okay? Yep. Okay, I, man. Well, take uh, it easy. Speak to you, you soon, all right? And, uh, you know, certainly uh, thinking about the, your trip, I hope you have a great time. Cheers. Appreciate it. All right. See you. Cheers. Then. Bye. Now, I'm guessing that this wasn't what Benton Mackay had in mind when he first thought of the AT. But heck, why on earth not? If there's anything I've learned from doing this podcast is that every single one of my guests who have done a long hike have done it uniquely. Not one person does exactly the same hike as another person, which, by the way, is one of the things that makes hiking and backpacking so infinitely wonderful, exciting and entertaining. I know there's going to be purists out there scoffing at this, but get over yourselves. Hugh wanted to share the experience with Kerry, and he's going to. Good on you, Hugh. By the way, I mentioned that Dom Tomorrow, who we heard from last week, was carrying a bear canister instead of a bear bag. And I was interested, and I asked him to send me a picture of how it fits onto his Nunatech Bears Ears 50-pack. I didn't include it in the show notes last week, but I've added it this week. And by the way, please remember that I'm looking for suggestions on books to read when I return from my trip to the UK in the middle of April. Just email me at steve at hikingradionetwork.com and I'll find out from the author if he or she, (laughs) as I thought, might be sharing their book with you. I'll see you next week.